Welcome to the West Virginia Writers Podcast, a service of West Virginia Writers Incorporated, the Mountain State's largest all-volunteer nonprofit organization dedicated to writers. Established and incorporated in 1977, West Virginia Writers continues to support writers and writing statewide through program sponsorship, an annual writing contest, and an annual Summer Writers Conference. This podcast is dedicated to promoting the organization, its members, and events, as well as writers throughout Appalachia and beyond. And now, broadcasting from atop a hill in Mercer County, here is your host, El Presidente, Emeritus. Thank you, Gertrude, and hola, listeners. Welcome to Episode 34 of the West Virginia Writers Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Fritchews. My guest on the program today is Christine Withone, one of the literary agents who will be a guest at this coming weekend's 2010 West Virginia Writers Summer Conference. Christine is the head of Book Sense Literary Agency out of Charleston. She's been a tremendous help to West Virginia writers in the past, whether it's been as a workshop presenter or helping us secure conference guests such as Peter Lynch, the editorial manager for Sourcebooks Incorporated. This year, she'll be reteaming with Peter Lynch, as well as with fellow agent Kelly Mortimer, for a series of pitch sessions on Saturday afternoon. In these sessions, attendees can pitch their book projects to one or more of them for either possible representation or possible publication. To prep our attendees for this, Christine will be leading a workshop on Saturday morning on how to pitch to literary agents and editors. But I thought it would be good to get a preview of that information here, so that our listeners who want to pitch can go into the conference with a heads up on the process. Christine Withone, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'd like to ask you a little bit about your background to give our listeners a basic introduction to you and your journey toward creating BookSense Literary Agency. Well, I have an untraditional background. Um, I studied medicine. Uh, my background is biology, chemistry, and nursing. I always wanted to be a doctor, and right before medical school started, my father became ill. And he went in the hospital to, to get his gallbladder taken out, and they found pancreatic cancer. Uh-huh. So he only lasted five weeks, and it was a long five weeks. And it medical school had already started, so I would have either had to have waited a full year or tried to play catch-up. And I don't know. I just did some soul searching, and I decided that maybe that wasn't what I wanted to do when I grew up. So, you know... A big leap forward, and here I am. So how did BookSense itself come to be? Well, I started on the screenplay, the Hollywood side first. Um, I did my homework for four and a half years before I opened my agency. I I thought that the Hollywood side was a little too cutthroat for me. One minute you'd be dealing with somebody at a studio, and the next minute they'd be gone. Uh, So there's a really high turnover rate, and it's really high stress. And, and, you know, just not, it didn't fit my personality, whereas the literary side of the business really did. I, I went to New York and met with, with editors and built my contacts one by one. And I went, I, I've been going to New York probably for about 10 years uh, every month and meeting with different editors at different houses and and like I said, building my contacts. And it took me four and a half years to do that before I felt confident that I could actually pull this off. I imagine it's been a, a pretty big challenge being so far away from New York, which is kind of the publishing hub of this country, and in fact, much of the world. Well, you know, it was at first, um, because I was definitely an outsider. I didn't, I, I wasn't an editor 
prior to opening up my agency, which was one black X against me. Um, and I literally had to, to develop my contacts. So I didn't know anybody as I started. I just jumped in. And, uh, you know, much like I do everything else in my life, I went full throttle. And I tried to conquer, you know, the publishing industry. And, you know, four and a half years later, here I am, and I'm in the top 40 as far as sales go. And um, I, I, I bust my butt. I am a member of the, the AAR. And uh, as far as me living outside of New York, I'm a person-to-person kind of a girl. When I pitch an editor, I like to see them. I like them to see my excitement about a story because when, when an editor sees that a, an agent's excited about a story, they take note. So that's why I prefer pitching in person. Some don't. So that's just my personal preference. But in this state and age, you know, with the digital revolution, you don't have to live in New York anymore. Um, but I would never tell anybody to start the way that I did with no contacts and, you know, you know, just jump in like I did because you really do need to start with an agency before you do this because it took a whole lot of my blood, sweat, and tears to get this thing moving. Now, at our conference last year, you led a how-to workshop on the process of pitching to editors, and I understand you're going to give another version of that on Saturday morning of this year's conference. That'll be this coming Saturday. In the past at conferences, we have had pitch sessions with editors and agents, but with Peter Lynch coming last year from Sourcebooks, that was one of the first times we've done a, a wholesale mass of of pitches uh, on, on one given day. I'm afraid we nearly worked him to death, and I was a little surprised he agreed to come back this year. So evidently he got something out of it last year. But I, I say all that to say this. Could you... You gave us a, a how-to workshop on how to, to pitch to editors. Could you distill for us some of the basics of that process to give our listeners a bit of a heads up going into the conference? Sure, and and I might add that last year when I did that, I I tried to help everybody here because they don't have they don't have access to agents and editors um, like like most conferences because. In the grand scheme of things, the West Virginia Conference is, is, is a young conference, and we're still building each year. Um, so to have an editor, you know, that big come here and take pitches, um, it was a pretty big deal. But normally we don't take pitches over two hours. And last year, poor Peter, he he, we really did abuse him. He took pitches for six hours uh. straight. No break. He did go to the bathroom. I let him take a bathroom break three times, <laughs> but that was about it. So, uh, but I did prep everybody before I sent them into them, so that helped. So this year, I'm trying to help you uh, by teaching this class prior to the pitch sessions to get you ready to get everybody acclimated to what information that they need to give and what information they need to withhold, because you're o- you only have five minutes to pitch the essence of your story. And the most important thing is you need to tell them the genre, you need to tell them the word count, and if you have your target publisher, if you say, you know, I specifically wrote this for a certain imprint, that helps because that tells the editor or agent that you've done your homework and and you know what you're doing. And then if you know your competition, that always helps too because, again, that tells the agent and editor that you've done your homework as far as 
you know who you're up against and you still think that you've got a shot. And and trust me when I say editors and agents take note when people do their homework. It puts you above everybody else because most don't, surprisingly. What are some tips you give people as far as do's and don'ts? Well, everybody is different. I always say when you when you walk up to an editor and agent and you pitch them both the same way, you introduce yourself. I always I shake everybody's hand, but some people don't like to be touched. To each his own, I guess. But I always say, introduce yourself and sit down and go straight into your story because you only have three to five minutes usually for a regular pitch. At the West Virginia conference, you're going to have five minutes. So that is plenty of time to tell the editor and agent the hook of your story. And that's all they need to know. Sometimes when you keep on talking, you talk the editor agent out of, of them asking for your story. And real quick, I just want to tell you that the best query, and a query is kind of a pitch on a, on the, on a piece of paper. The best query I've ever read, I received a couple months ago. And what makes a query or a pitch stand out to an editor, an agent, or an agent is someone who knows what they write. They know their hook, and they know who their competition is. And, and simply put, again, it's somebody who does their homework. And I received the query a couple months back, and the writer gave me the word count and the genre and the hook in the first two sentences. And to break down her query, this just gives you an idea. In the first paragraph, she gave me the vitals. She gave me the word count, the genre, and the hook. In the second paragraph, she gave me the bones. She gave me the foundation of her plot. Just the gist, but just the foundation. And then the third paragraph, she showed that she had extended life. She told me that story was a part of a series. And then in paragraph four, she told me about her background or her platform. And then in paragraph five, she gave me, um, you know, organizations and affiliations and awards that she won. And then in paragraph six, she thanks me and the whole query took less than one page. That's perfect. Let me tell you, it took me longer to sign that girl than it did to sell her. And I had to beat other agents with a bat to fight them off. And I sold her and signed her within two months, if that tells you anything. She knew she knew her target. She knew what her hook was. And it was just a fantastic query. And a, a pitch is just you talking. Instead of writing it down on paper, it's you talking about it. But you, like I said, sometimes you, you don't want to go on too long. You just want to give the vitals of your story. And they're either gonna, you're either going to intrigue them or you're not going to intrigue them. And well, trust me when I say this. If they're, not, if not, they're not taken by your story or by the idea of your story then they're not the right editor or agent for you. You want somebody who's going to fight for you, whether it be it an editor or an agent. Because trust me, in this industry and in this market, they're going to have to. Because chances are they're going to have agents and editors over them who they're going to have to go through in order to get a project approved. Correct. And an agent's job is to bring the story to the editor's they target the editor specifically. They know who is looking for that type of story, okay? And then the editor's job is to, 
A, find the jewel in the slush pile, and then take it to an acquisition meeting. And and I will be honest with you. I have been shot down in so many acquisitions. I mean, the editor that I submit to loves the story, and then they take it to acquisitions, and it gets shot down because they do comparisons on you know, a similar book and see how well it did. Then they look at your platform. And there are a lot of different factors in why a, a book gets purchased or not. Explain a little bit more about the platform. Um, I remember you had mentioned this in your workshop last year, and not everybody is going to have a platform initially. You don't have to have a platform to be a good writer. It just helps. A platform is just some sort of expertise. If you're writing a book about politics and you're a politician, your political background is your platform. If you write a book about education and you're a teacher, your background as a teacher is your platform. You have some sort of expertise in the area in which you write. Um, that's what I'm talking about as far as a platform. You know, me talking about a f- platform, trust me, you don't have to have a platform. I have sold five debut authors within the last six months with no platform, not one of them. And, and I will tell you that was a feat because I had to fight like heck for every single one of them. But, uh, and they all wrote, wrote in different genres. One was a West Virginia author and one, my West Virginia author, I shopped that story for a year and a half. And she's going to be on the panel with me at the West Virginia conference. And she's going to tell you what she went through. We went through three different edits. And on the final edit, she added 20,000 words to her story. And it's a literary piece. It's a literary middle grade um, piece. And like I said, I shopped it to everybody I could think of. And I was down to my last three targeted editors. And lo and behold, I got an auction going. That just goes to show you timing is everything. So not only did she get an auction, it's a hardcover book. And then when I posted the sale on Publishers Marketplace, within 24 hours, Shonda Rhimes, the creator and the writer for Grey's Anatomy and um, Private Practice, contacted me to see who had the film rights for her story. Wow. So it just it just goes to show you, you know, this... This business is not for, for the weak of heart. It really isn't. You really have to have a strong stomach because the road is very bumpy. I understand you picked up a couple of new clients uh, at last year's summer conference when you weren't even there taking pitches, per se. Uh, one of them was our former podcast guest, S.G. Redling. She actually, uh, I can't really get into too many details, but I signed her. Her pitch wasn't that great. And she said, she says, it's a vampire story, but it's not a vampire story. And I thought, hmm, but, but she was articulate and she was pleasant to talk to and we chit chatted. So I went with my gut. I said, send it to me. And as soon as I saw her writing, she, she's a fabulous writer. She's a fantastic writer and she just has a great voice. And I worked on her with that story. She polished it and we sent it out. And she had the editor-in-chief from Random House tell her she she loved SG's voice. She just really loved her voice. And she says, this story isn't for my, my imprint, but what else does this writer have? And then she decided that she needed a break, and she wrote a cozy. 
and I, I sent her cozy out and I had the publisher and the executive editor over at Penguin love her story. So I can't announce a sale yet, you know, but I will tell you that she'll be sold by, I would say, 30, within 30 days. That is super news because we really enjoyed talking to her here on the, the podcast. And she's going to be with you in your, your how-to pitch session? She will indeed. She will indeed. I will tell you, you are going to see great things from SG Redling. And last year was her first writer's conference of any kind. And uh, uh, we're very happy to have been a part of this, this uh, burgeoning success. So what kind of things are you normally looking for at BookSense Literary Agency in case people are on the fence about whether or not they want to pitch to you this year? My list has grown, and I I just look for different things. Um, I'm getting away, uh, I'm getting, uh, leaning more towards mystery and suspense. I've sold five. You know, I sold, my last sale was a middle grade literary. That was, that was a West Virginia writer. The, 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 uh, the one before that was a paranormal romance. And then I want to say the last five before that were mysteries or um, um, thrillerish type stories. Uh, I represent romance in the areas of contemporary, paranormal, urban fantasy, rom-coms, and, and mystery suspense. In children's, I represent young adult or upper middle grade. Um, women's lit, uh, I represent women's literature. I represent mainstream mystery suspense and thrillers, uh, medical or legal fiction, um, but something that hasn't been done before. And then literary fiction, but it has to be fantastic literary fiction. And then very specific nonfiction. You can you can actually go to my website and check out the nonfiction that I rep. Well, we'll have uh, we have information on our website about signing up for pitch sessions. And I believe that there may even be a couple still left. So uh, if people have not signed up for them already, they may be able to do that at the conference itself this year, which is just a few days away. You've got two editors and two agents who are going to be there. If they don't, if your story isn't right for them, then maybe maybe we can refer you to somebody else who who might be a better fit for the writer for for you. Um, don't be afraid to come up and, and talk to us. But like I say, everybody's heard the horror stories, and I told this last year and everybody laughed, but it's true. Don't corner us in the bathroom and stick your manuscript underneath the stall, <laughs> hoping that we're going to grab it. Um, that's Might just, do something else with it. Yeah, yeah, that's not proper etiquette, but... Well, Christine, I know you're a very busy lady. Uh, thank you for taking the time out to speak with us. Is there anything you'd like our listeners to know that you have upcoming? No, I just, I want everybody, I'd like to see, uh, you know, many of the the West Virginia writers do do well. I, I've tried to help as many of them as I could. Uh, I'm working with a few, but I'm, again, I'm only one person, so I can only help so many people. Now, I have referred several people out, and I... I snagged one of my my buddies, which is Kelly Mortimer. Kelly only represents debut authors. So I thought she would be a perfect fit for our conference because we have a lot of debut authors. And Kelly's not afraid to get dirty. So if she has to get in the ditch and help dig, she will. Um, So, again, don't be afraid to, to snag her or try to get an appointment with her because 
she she does keep a small list. She's got some pretty good sales under her belt. So again, don't be afraid to to get an appointment with her. And then of course Peter, Source Books actually acquires in most genres. Um, and then Candlewick. Candlewick is a fantastic uh, publisher. You know they do fiction, literary fiction, nonfiction, and a lot of kids. You'll see a lot of their a lot of their kids um, projects win awards. So you have access to to really good industry people. Use them. And while Kaylin Adair from Candlewick isn't taking pitches at the conference, she is going to offer a voucher to anybody that attends any of her workshops that sometime in the next, I believe, 90 days or so, that she can be pitched through through mail, which they aren't even accepting at Candlewick at this, at this time. This is a prime example, and I'm glad you brought this up. This is a prime example of having, having this opportunity that most people don't get. She's going to be at the conference. You know, if, if she's not talking to anybody, go up to her, introduce yourself, tell her what you write, you know, and, and chit-chat. If she's not taking pitches, trust me, if she hears something good, she's going to ask you to see your story. So take the opportunity and introduce yourself to these people. Even if you don't have a story for them, it's still nice to know people in the industry. Well, Christine, thank you so much for talking with us here on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Christine Withone will be taking pitches this Saturday at the 2010 Summer Conference, taking place at the Cedar Lakes Conference Center in Ripley, West Virginia. If you'd like to catch her before then, though, and you're in the Charleston area, she'll be giving a lunchtime talk called The Mysterious World of Publishing, in which she'll speak to the trials and tribulations of her profession and try to help explain away some of the mysteries of it. This will take place Wednesday, June the 9th at 12.15 p.m. at the Clay Center in Charleston. As you might have noticed, this episode has run a bit longer than our usual 20-minute time limit. That's because I don't have the time to edit it down because I'm busy putting the finishing touches on my own conference workshop called Podcasting for Fun and Possibly Profit. In it, I'll be lecturing attendees very sternly on how you should never, ever go over your time limit. That's going to take place Friday evening of the conference. If you miss it, though, fear not, for I plan to record it and may use it as a future podcast here, assuming it doesn't suck. This will therefore be our final podcast going into the conference. After the conference, I plan to take a little time off, but we'll be dropping in some recorded live readings here and there, including a couple of scheduled West Virginia writers' appearances at Taylor Books in Charleston. These will consist of a publishing panel on Saturday, June the 19th from 2 to 4 p.m., and a reading and signing featuring several of the authors of our anthology Seeking the Swan at 7 p.m. on June 23rd. Then, on June 26th, we'll be hosting an afternoon of performances by West Virginia Writers members as part of the Festival Festival of the Arts in Charleston. These will take place from 3 to 4.15 at the Clay Center's Walker Theater in Charleston. In fact, many of the acts from our Friday Night Variety Show at the conference will be featured as part of this event, as will special guest, actor, poet, and playwright David Selby. Our opening voiceover is provided by Marcus Vowell. Our show's theme music is used with permission by its composer, Pops Walker, who will be gracing the Assembly Hall stage on Saturday night of the conference, along with Kip and Martin. This podcast is produced by Mr. Herman's Production Company Limited and was recorded atop a hill in Mercer County. <laughs>